from the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday, and so it's Starting Strength Radio. This is the Apocalypse Now edition, just so that you know that we know. All right? But first, more importantly, comments Comments from from the haters. It's the most important thing we do. Don't you guys agree? I mean, what would the show be? You know, I mean, when we have somebody else here, you know, time is valuable. We don't talk about them then, but it's it's the highlight for many people. The highlight of the whole event for a lot of the people watching. Uh, You know, some people are just trying to get on. Here's one said, please include in comments for the haters, you smelly, fat, bested. (laughs) So we won't read that one. Because you get asked to be on comments <laughs> from the haters, you stupid fuck. God, oh man. All right, here's one about Nick. It says, Nick looks like an illegal. Has anyone at Star Trek headquarters called ICE yet? What about Nick makes him look illegal? You think a guy this fat has just walked up from Guatemala? <laughs> <laughs> he, he wouldn't look like that. What do you? I don't understand why you would think Nick was ill. Speaks perfect English. What the hell is wrong with you? All right, here's another one. This is just a general comment. It says, "This is about the quit putting your plates on the bar wrong." All right, this is a guy nobody likes. Nobody. Well, maybe he's right. I don't know. I haven't asked recently. Do you guys like me? No. No. Bree does, but she, she's lying. <laughs> Bree's a liar. All right. Rip is getting pinker. I hope it's not alcohol related, but it certainly looks like it. <laughs> pinker. That's the Viagra. It's not alcohol. Alcohol doesn't make me pink. God almighty. All right. Where can we find more pictures of a young rip? What a hunk. You go to any 80s porn site, and there will be all the pictures you want. I was a big star. It's been a long time, though. I was pinker back then, too, actually. Right? First time I disliked a video on YouTube ever. Oh, now, we don't, we don't believe that. That's a, that's a... Oh, God. Can y'all see this? Is that Joe? That is Joe. It's Joe. I'm busy. Okay. Quit. I, look, you know, this is, I told you I was shooting this. Day. Leave me alone. 
All right, I'll, I don't have time for this right now. You may have noticed it's the end of the goddamn world. And I don't have time to come to California. It's just, look, don't call me till like August, okay? Bye. He'll call back. So. Turn the ringer off. All right. Let's see. Uh, get the off-camera guy a mic. He sounds like a whiner <laughs> who can't get in the party because he sucks. <laughs> oh, God. Isn't that fascinating? All right. And here's the last one. Said the fat arse with Dunlap disease. A-R-S-E. Brit, right? Probably. Brit. He's under house arrest in Britain right now because he's a subject, not a citizen. It's just loyal to the crown. Loyal to the crown. Asks the crown every morning. Can I pee? Ask the queen if he can pee every morning. Fucking Brits. All right, anyway. Those are this week's edition of Common from the Haters. I'm getting better at the reverb, aren't I? Very booming. Yeah, it's that's it's took taking a while to learn how to do that, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, if you meet me, come up, shake my hand, I'll do the reverb thing for you. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. <clears throat> okay, so there's that. Now, uh, got, got a couple of jokes here. Everybody seems to like the jokes. People sent these two in. I thought I'd read them because they're they're pretty good jokes. All right, old boy goes walking home from the from the bar carrying a live duck under his arm. He gets to the house and walks in through the kitchen uh, where his wife's cooking something on the stove. All right, he walks through the kitchen, looks up for her cooking, kind of shocked. He looks back at her but doesn't say anything. Just keeps on walking into the living room with the duck. Sits down and flips on the TV. She comes walking in and says, what the hell is this? He says, well, now that you're here, I better come clean. This is the pig I've been sleeping with. She looks at him like he's a dumbass and says, uh, that's a duck. He looks up at her and says, oh, I know. I was talking to the duck. That's pretty good, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's still funny. I mean, it's some jokes are just funny. You know, every time you hear the punchline, you have to laugh because they're so stupid. All right, here's one. This is a good one, gorilla joke. This is a female gorilla at the zoo, and she's coming to heat with no suitable male gorilla mates, and the place is being torn apart. She's tearing the place apart. She needs it, right? 
Zoologists are frantically trying to find a male gorilla. Can't find her one anywhere. They're having a crisis meeting on a Friday. Zoologists noticed the janitor tidying up. So this guy's 6'8", big, nasty-looking guy. And a light bulb goes off. The zoo team approaches the janitor and, and says, Hey, strange, I know this is a strange question, but for $500, would you mind sleeping with our gorilla? She's in, she's in heat, and she needs it real bad, and we think you'd work. Uh, to which the janitor replies, uh, Listen, can you give me the weekend to think about it? I'll be back Monday morning. I'll tell you then. So Monday morning comes around, and the, the and they get to work, and the zoo is in ruins. It's torn all to shit by the female gorilla who needs love, right? The janitor walks in and sits with the zoo team, declares, he says, look, I'll do it, but there are three conditions. Number one, I won't tell anybody about this, and neither will you. It's a secret deal. They all say, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. Number two, says, no tongues. So I'm not doing tongues with a gorilla, okay? They say, it's fine, won't be a problem. And he says, three, I'm going to need a few weeks to get the $500 together. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, shit. So, uh, <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, I got another duck joke. You want to hear it? No, I, here's a, there's, there's, a, there's another joke, all right? Before the duck joke, cow joke, all right? City people go out to the country. They're walking around a farm. Farmer comes over, says, you got any questions I can help you with? He's trying to be helpful. And uh woman says, uh, yeah, uh, uh, that cow over there doesn't have any horns. I thought cows had horns. And uh, he says, this one over here in the corner? She says, yeah. He says, well, listen, cows, some cows don't have horns, and some cows do have horns. Right? Like Angus cattle, polled Herefords, they don't, have, they don't have any horns. They're bred without horns. And uh, some cattle, like Brammers and Longhorns, do have horns and sometimes with horn cattle we cut the horns off so they don't hurt each other and uh you know and we're when we cut the horns off we're real nice to them they don't feel any pain or anything and uh uh so those cattle wouldn't have horns and he says but that cow you're talking about doesn't have any horns because it's a horse That's Buddy Hackett joke <laughs> from the Carson show <laughs> long time ago. You know why I don't wear headphones on this show? Everybody else wears headphones. Joe Rogan's goofy-ass show, everybody's got headphones on like they can't hear each other without the headphones. You know why we don't wear headphones here? 
Because Johnny Carson didn't wear headphones. Johnny Carson didn't wear Why can't we create a situation where we don't have to have headphones? Johnny Carson didn't have headphones. Jay Leno doesn't have headphones. Uh, Roger Staubach didn't wear headphones. Oh, he was a quarterback. They've got boom mic operators. Though. Boom mic operators. I've got this mic operator right here. It's true. Except for when you turn your fucking head. Except for when I, except for when I do that. And then the headphones. Well, I have to just. I have to not try. No headphones wouldn't make me sound better over here. It's a monitor, Rip. You would hear yourself. You would hear the volume of your voice change, just like when you are in a band and you have a monitor. I'm supposed to be professional enough to (laughs) monitor my own position with the microphone. I know some. All right, sometimes I fuck that up. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes the guests fuck that up. It's Rusty's job, who has headphones on right now. I'd turn the camera around, but I can't reach it. And show you that Rusty's got headphones on. Rusty's job is to monitor the audio, not me. My job is to tell the jokes. Okay? Let's get serious. It's back to work. Back to work. It's just a fantasy right now, I understand, but. We're going to go back to work here at Starting Strength Radio. Uh, This is an interesting thing. Uh, uh, Justin, uh, our friend from Phoenix Ammo, uh, sends us this this helpful graphic. Uh, Let me show it to you. This may be necessary before it's over with. In, uh, oh, I would imagine New York City. This could be relevant in New York City. Uh, Human choice cuts. It's talking about the meat that can be obtained from the human body. Long pig, I guess they call that, right? Don't the Fijians call it long pig? It's supposed to taste like pork, right? How long are we away from seeing human meat for sale on the streets of the Bronx, yep. Queens, Staten Island, Brooklyn's far too hip for that. Three weeks. Manhattan, no, 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 no. Manhattan, they've got so much money up there. Yeah, right. They're fine. They just eat tofu in Brooklyn. They would never dream. They they don't eat the meat of any animal, much less their cousin Bob. Right. This is interesting. They're advocating. Uh, that we not eat the brain. Uh, I don't know why that would be a why there'd be a stricture about eating the brain. I mean, Creutzfeldt Jacobs disease is gone basically. It never was. That was kind of another large, gigantic, uh, fear mongering episode back in twenty years ago when everybody was going to get uh, mad cow disease, die from mad cow disease, right? I remember that. That was I was in the UK when they did that. Uh, Continental Europe banned the import of meat from the UK there for a while. And I, as far as I know, now those of you in uh, in the UK and Europe, maybe you can comment on this. But at, there was when, when I was over there, they had uh, removed from the shelves all steak with bone in the steak. You couldn't buy. Uh, a rib steak, club steak with a bone on it. You couldn't buy T-bone or a porterhouse. What does that have to do with anything? 
the marrow was thought to be, you know, it wasn't, but it was, you know, that's just what we call an overabundance of caution, like we're seeing now, an overabundance of caution. In any case, at Crutzville, Jacob's disease, I guess it doesn't hurt anything to eliminate, you know, steaks with bones in them, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, uh, when we all can't go to work, you know, when I've got police cruisers running around in my parking lot trying to make sure that no one's getting strong at Wichita Falls Athletic Club this <laughs> afternoon, uh, you know, it's, these, are, these are, again, trying times. These are trying times. So in these trying times, uh, you might want to try to see if you can find this diagram because it might guide you in terms of uh, the things you can do with, say, your grandmother if she happens to expire from COVID-19. I see no reason to waste her. (laughs) You know, she grew up in the Depression. She wouldn't want anything to be wasted either. Right? I mean, right, right? It'd be her. I mean, if you asked her, what would she say about eating her after she was dead? Now, she doesn't want you to kill her to eat her. Right. Right? But if she dies... I don't think she's going to object to that. My grandma don't have much meat on her. But. No, most, most, most grandmothers don't. You know, if they have any meat, it's mostly fat. So there's not really, that's, that's, that's my point. Don't kill the old girl. <laughs> okay, because that, that's pointless. But by the same token, if she dies, this is how you don't waste her. All right? Which cut, which cut would you prefer? Me? I think I'm, uh, I'm just going to go straight for the luxury cuts there in the, in the legs, the hams, you know. There's probably two or three roasts and a thigh. Just section it all the way down. You got that bone in the middle. Bone-in stuff's good. You know, people from the from the U.K. and Europe come over here all the time. I, I, I've heard of people flying over here just to eat a porterhouse steak. No shit. No, but, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> could have happened i don't know i mean you know it could have happened at one point 20 years ago some wealthy german guy you know tired of not having a porterhouse steak gets on his private jet carbon footprints his ass all the way over here to, to, houston. to houston to get a porterhouse steak orders the steak eats the steak gets back on the jet and flies back Egregious consumption. <laughs> Conspicuous consumption is what that's called. Conspicuous consumption. Not egregious consumption. Although it is egregious. And then post, post on his blog about climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Climate change wasn't fashionable that's 20 true. years ago. Yep. You know, I think it is. Uh, we're here in the middle of this complete fucking goddamn unmitigated disaster. But one good thing is, is. We don't have to hear about your fucking pronouns anymore now, do we? That's kind of a pleasant break. It's almost like those problems are made up. It's almost like silly bullshit is not really critical right now, right? Isn't that correct? (laughs) These kind of things do sort things out pretty nicely sometimes, don't they? Okay. Now, let's... uh,
let's address. All right, this is topical. Okay, I've got five or six emails here from people that are stuck without access to barbells. All right, I've got uh, probably 15 questions about it on the on the website. Andy Baker's made a nice little video uh, that you could look up on the website. In fact, on the website right now, there is a rather busy thread about uh, coronavirus that's had far more views than anything recently we've posted. So I'm keeping up with that about every 30 minutes, it's, it's, it's making it as current as I can, except when I'm trying to sleep. You know, sometimes I have to sleep, so I don't get enough sleep anyway. Don't get good sleep. So when I can be asleep, I am. And your questions will just sit there and incubate until I get to them. All right. But uh, if you're interested in this, my thoughts have been posted about that on that thread. And you can go on there and add your two cents or be appalled at my two cents or be appalled at the two cents worth of the people that are posting on there completely oblivious to the fact that we're destroying the civilization of the world right now over, over a panic. Uh, you know, whether that panic's justified or not, you know, I think we've made a pretty good case with a lot of details on that, on that thread, and you get on there and get current with it. I will be on that as, as, uh, as diligently as I can possibly be. But... Right now, we've got questions here about what the hell am I going to do so I can't, because I can't, I, my gym's closed. I don't have access to barbells. I can't find any barbells. Everybody sells them out of stock, as you would expect in a situation like this. Uh, garage gym, blah, 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 blah. All right, so here's, here's a, just to generally address all of this stuff. All right, now, I think we made it abundantly clear that strength training requires a couple of things it requires barbells moved over a complete range of motion it requires the squat it requires the press the deadlift and the bench press you ought to do power cleans and power snatches if they apply to your training so strength training requires barbells more importantly it requires the ability to incrementally increase the stress, to incrementally increase the load you're lifting so that your ability to produce force accumulates incrementally. These are the two, two primary factors that are involved in effective strength training. If you don't have any barbells, you can't do that. You can't squat without barbells effectively you might be able to clean something and front squat it but that that lasts very long obviously you know if you clean something off the ground press it up overhead put it on your back and do your squats well you're limited your squats are limited to how much you can press now this is you know obviously not a tenable situation so uh the idea that there is a substitute for the five basic strength training exercises, look, if there was a substitute for it, it would be in the book. It's not in the book. I mean, the whole idea here uh, behind starting strength is that there's a logical way to approach this problem. And the logic involves, A, the use of barbell exercises because they work better than anything else. 
And the barbell exercises are have been analyzed for you in the book. We've talked about them here a hundred times. We squat a certain way. We deadlift a certain way. We press and bench press certain ways. And the reason we do that is because that's the most effective way to enable you to, to gradually increase the amount of weight you're lifting because that's what strength training is. It's the accumulation over time of an increased ability to produce force against an external resistance. Now, if there was another way to do it, right, we would we would have talked about it, and starting strength wouldn't be the program that it is. If starting strength could be done with push-ups and sit-ups and jumping jacks and burpees and wall ball shots and all this other shit that just makes you sore, well, then we'd be doing it that way, but that's not strength training. That's just getting sore, right? So the question is, is what do you do now? You don't have any barbells. You don't have access to it. Well, you could do some conditioning. You could catch up on your conditioning. All right? I'd suggest that if you're in a situation where you don't feel as though your conditioning is up to standard, you might be doing some sprints, pushing a prowler out on the street. If you can do that without getting arrested, you know, if you have the freedom to go outside, I read a deal today that said that the mayor of Chicago was didn't want anybody outside. You don't need to be outside. You know, you need to you need to do what we tell you to do. And we told you to stay inside. If you don't stay inside, we're gonna by God, you just see what happens. You know, I don't think she's got a shoot on site order in place like they do in India. Yeah. But yeah, I mean this is you know, we're, we're, you know, this is just Friday. You got to protect people's health. You got to protect people's health, and if it if it takes shooting them to do it, <laughs> then that's what you do. Well, they're not going to die of the virus. You know, I mean, which is worse, lead poisoning or Corona nineteen? I I don't know. As everyone on the comments from the haters points out, I'm not that smart, <laughs> right? So. You know, conditioning, whatever you think you can get away with. This might be a good time for you. This might be an excellent time for you to learn how to shoot. Do something else for a while. And if you if you haven't got your gun skills up, this would be a real good time to work on those. All right, you can you can work on your handgun skills in the house. Dry fire. And just work on that kind of stuff. Learn how to pick the weapon up. Learn how to handle weapon handle the weapon. Handle it all day one day. Just get real, real familiar with it in your hand so that you know where everything is and how to operate the thing. And get get more familiar with your rifles, right? Do all of the kind of stuff that you can do. When you get some time on the range, go out and fire a box of rounds. Don't use up your supply, but go fire some. Get, get familiar with how the, how the weapon operates. So that's that's a, a useful suggestion for these trying times. Uh, this is, might be a good time to learn how to cook, since uh, you can't go eat, can't go out and eat because you've been. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been decreed that all small businesses should go under, and most cafes 
or small businesses, and they're supposed to fail. And uh, the giant chains that can adapt to takeout, well, they're going to take up that some of that slack. But, you know, this would be a good time for you to, you know, in these trying times, learn to cook. Learn to cook. If your grocery store happens to have food in it, buy some. Take it home. Figure out a way to cook it. Make it taste good. Depend on yourself. Learn to depend on yourself. Now, this is uh, this is kind of a foreign concept to those of you people that live in big cities. You might notice that those of you people that live in big cities are, in, are experiencing more problems with this disease situation than those of us that have chosen not to live in big cities. And this is a choice. It's a choice. It's, a, it's Sometimes the choice is difficult, but it's always a choice. You can move if you want to. I'd rather right now that you didn't, though. Uh, but if you're living in big cities, you're going to have a whole different set of problems than me and Nick and Rusty and Bree. We don't live in a big city. And uh, these are the kinds of things that should have been thought about a long time ago. Well, they weren't, you know. And so here we are. You've got to do some stuff. All right, you've got to learn to do some stuff. Anything you can do to make yourself less dependent on other people right now is good. Learn to do things that you don't know how to do right now. You got any, any more suggestions for these kind of things? What, you, things need fixing. Around the house, you got that long list of shit you've been putting off for a long time. Well, you know, fix things. But the point is the idea that you're going to maintain your strength somehow. It's out right. the window. Right. Get your ass back in the gym as soon you're, as you can. Yeah. To, just to, to wrap this up. Well, you know, let me let me say this. This is Most of the hardware stores are open. Go get tools. If you have stuff to fix, you don't have the tools, go get the tools. Get stuff fixed. There's a chance to get caught up on that. Right. All right. Any other helpful suggestions for barbell and plates sitting around? It's time to learn how to power clean. Barbell and plates in your garage don't have a rack. You could power clean. You've been needing to do that anyway, haven't you? you? Need to learn how to snatch, don't you? So get all that done. All right. But the bottom line here is that if you don't have access to barbells. And squat racks and all the tools that, that are used to do this program, then you are going to detrain. Because if you can't squat, your squat's going to go down. If you can't deadlift, your deadlift's going to go down. Push ups don't make your squat hang around, right? Push ups, sit ups don't keep your deadlift from detraining. There's things you can do to exercise, but you can't strength train without the prerequisites. And I'm real sorry about that, but that's just one of the shitty things about this particular spring in 2020. All right, this we're going to look back on this and wonder what the hell happened. But right now, uh, you can't train. You can't train for strength if you don't have the tools. This is another argument for building your own gym at home. As soon as this goddamn thing is over with, and as soon as things are available again, 
go to the website, go to the equipment tab, and look at the starting strength equipment vendors and and get set up so that you're not ever going to be in a position like this again. You don't want to be in this position. Fix it so that you're not. Okay? Uh, I'm sure there will be comments from the haters about these suggestions, but, you know, we got to enjoy the uh, podcast somehow. Comments from the haters. Your shitty-ass comments are entertaining to us. Just no, all right? <laughs> okay, anything else you guys want to talk about the topical with respect to this before I get into these Q&As here? I think it's a good time for people to pick up a fucking book. Read. Like it's a good. Yeah, you know, like the like United the States. Read the book. That's called the Constitution of the United States. Maybe the Federalist Papers. Maybe the Federalist Papers while you're there so that you can look back and fondly remember what we once had. Are there are any politicians. They should read that book as well. But. Yeah. Right. Well, that's asking quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's asking quite a bit. Oh, yeah. What a deal. This took three weeks, Nick. Yeah. To go from the hottest economy the world has ever seen to chaos. Last week, 3.28 million people applied for unemployment. Now, I don't know what will happen next week. This is obviously a, um, a date point for this show. We may break that record. The previous record was 700,000. From 700,000 to 3.28, 3,280,000 people applied for unemployment. That's how significant this event is. This will not be fixed in a month. Can't be fixed in a month. Once again, if you're interested in this look at the thread on the on the web page we'll have it active for the duration of this event okay now let's go to normal shit here all right hello what causes deadlift pass out and how to prevent it i get very lightheaded after heavy deadlifting and have heard of people passing out well you know, that's a very interesting question. I get asked about this quite a bit. Uh, I have been in the gym business for 42 years at this point. Actually, 43 years. 1977, I think I got my first job in this business. In those 43 years, in my gym and in gyms I have been in, to train, I have never once seen somebody pass out from deadlifting. Never seen it happen. Haven't done it myself. I've deadlifted 633. I know it's not big deadlift, but, you know, it's also not a little deadlift. Uh, I've been, never been in danger of passing out from a deadlift, never felt lightheaded. I completely don't know what the hell everybody's talking about, but I see people on YouTube doing this all the time. Now, if you do something stupid, like try to do 
a set of deadlifts with multiple reps on one breath. Yeah, you're going to, you know, but that's, that's not how it's done. Don't do it like that because it's wrong. All right? Don't try to squat. Do a set of squats. Every time you t- set a squat, you breathe before each rep. The only exercises you can do multiple reps on one breath are presses and bench presses. you got to learn how to do that. But, but if you're trying to deadlift more than one rep on one breath, then you're fucking something up. If you hold your Valsalva in your mouth like that, that's wrong too. That's not how you hold the Valsalva. The Valsalva is here. And if you can't do that with your mouth open, you're doing it wrong. This is what it will look like. And if you do that, the pressure is where it's supposed to be. It won't affect your carotids. And the pressure receptors, the baroreceptors in your carotid arteries won't won't shut the thing down and make you lightheaded. Uh, if you're doing deadlift pass out, you're getting very lightheaded after heavy deadlifting. And he says after heavy deadlifting. What do you mean? Like an hour later or... Ten minutes later, I don't know what you're talking about. After you set the thing down, if you breathe correctly, I, I don't know. I can't help you. If you're trying to do the heavy deadlift on keto, if you're trying to train on keto and do this with low blood sugar, yeah, guys, you might find you know that that's. A lot of those guys on YouTube are passing out because they're doing a bunch of stupid breathing before. Like they're over breathing. They're hyperventilating before. Well, it's all about the appearance, you know. Screaming and then inevitably they go down. Well, good for them, you know. Good for their dentist. Hey, dentist, got to eat. You fall on your teeth. You're going to be in the dentist's office. That shit's expensive. But maybe you'll learn something. But I'm just telling you, I don't. I've never seen it done. Nobody in my gym's ever done it. Nobody ever ever passed out over there. It doesn't occur. Okay. It's a, it's a breathing issue. It's a blood sugar issue. I, but but during a deadlift, if you pass out during a deadlift, you've done something very, very wrong. You're not doing the deadlift the way we teach it because it doesn't happen if you do it that way. Okay? Now, what is the best way to store fresh coffee beans that have been bought from the coffee shop? Seller in a coffee shop told me that putting them in the freezer is a good way. Can I trust her word, or is there a better way? Okay, well, let's talk about coffee for a minute. Okay. Hey, fresh beans that have been bought from the coffee shop. When were they roasted? This is the critical question. All right. Green coffee. I don't know if... You know, a lot of you people don't even know what green coffee is. Coffee has to be roasted before you can drink it, right? Surely you know that, all right? But green coffee is green. They're little hard things that look like coffee beans. They're a little bit smaller, and they're green. They look like, uh, oh, well, they're kind of pale green. What color would you call them? Seafoam. Yeah, Sea foam, grayish green, that kind of thing. And they're they're hard. Very, very hard. These are the seeds of the coffee cherry. Coffee beans 
grow as the seed in the, in a, in the fruit of the coffee tree that looks like a little cherry. And uh, when they harvest coffee, they pull these things off the tree when they're ripe. This is, all, this is a hands process because coffee beans get ripe on the tree at different times, and they have to be checked on a daily or every other day basis because what was ripe today and picked today was not ripe two days ago. So you pull these things off, and there's two or three different processes by which they get the, the coffee bean the seeds out of the cherry, all right? And then green coffee is just a bunch of these seeds, and they're, they're shipped to roasters. They're roasted and sold like that. Now, green coffee keeps for a very, very long time, years. And if you've got green coffee, you can put that in the freezer and keep that shit for two, three years. It'll be just fine. Actually, it doesn't even have to be frozen. It keeps pretty thoroughly when it's not frozen. It'll keep a very, very long time. But when you roast it, the lifespan of roasted coffee is approximately the same as the lifespan of bread once it's cooked. You roast coffee beans on Monday. They will be stale by Saturday. And they're going to be stale whether they're in the freezer or not. And coffee is best. If you're really interested in coffee, what you do is you get a coffee roaster. You get a stovetop coffee roaster. It looks like a little popcorn pan. It'll have a little whirly gig in the bottom of it to turn the beans around in the bottom. And you can roast a quarter, half pound of coffee at a time like this. You put it on the Put it on the stove. It's going to take 15 minutes to do, so you're going to sit there and turn the little deal while you read on your phone. And you babysit the coffee. And there's all kind of stuff online about how to roast coffee. Look that up. And if if you and the best coffee, once you roast it, it needs to rest 12 hours. And the next day, it's ready to use. You can it, – it's, it's fine to – you can always, you know, people at roast coffee are going to grind some of the batch they just roasted because they can't wait till tomorrow, you know. But it's it reaches the, the it's, its peak of freshness and flavor probably twelve to twenty four hours after it's roasted. Okay. Now, one of the things about about coffee that's just roasted is after the coffee is roasted, it emits CO two. For a while, it outgasses CO2. And you have bought bean coffee at the store. And you've bought it in a bag with a little valve on the outside of the bag, right? Everybody's seen this valve, okay? And you thought the valve was on there for so you could mash on the bag and smell the coffee inside, right? That's what everybody thinks. Well, Actually, what happens is this. The, the beans are roasted and put in the bag. And that's a one-way valve. And as the beans evolve CO2, as gas comes off these beans, it actually purges the bag of oxygen. And oxygen is what oxidizes the beans and makes them stale. So if you buy a bag of good coffee at the store, you buy beans. Those, 
that coffee in that bag is going to be just fine for a while, for several weeks, if not a couple of months. It'll be just fine because the process of outgassing the CO2 has purged the bag of the oxygen. And the oxygen's gone. The beans are stable in the bag. You open them up, but the day you open them up, the clock starts. And the beans are good for not quite a week. All right. Now, that doesn't mean you can't drink them. That doesn't mean you can't drink stale coffee. You've been doing it all your life. <laughs> you don't even really know what fresh coffee tastes like because you've probably never had it before. But uh, storing beans that have been bought from the coffee shop, you don't know when they roasted that. They roasted it today. You've got four, five, six days to drink the stuff. Put it in the freezer is not going to make any difference if there's oxygen in the bag. Okay, uh, the best way to 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 have fresh coffee is to drink it as soon as you can after it's roasted. Just look, drink more coffee. See, that's the that's the actual process. You're not drinking enough coffee. If you have to ask me this question, you're not drinking enough yeah. coffee. And unless they're roasting it at the place where you bought it. Yeah, from, unless you saw them roasted. It was roasted days ago. Um, yeah. In another city somewhere. Yeah. So, coffee shops, a lot of times, don't roast. Right. They just buy their roasted coffee from some other roaster down the street. If they're roasting coffee, yeah. they're going to tell you they roasted it. In fact, the roaster is a big operation. You'll see it in the floor. That odd duck place downtown actually roasts coffee. So they I, do they sell green coffee down there? I don't know. Ask them. I don't know. Why would they not? They're in business, or at least they were. <laughs> I never thought to ask them. Well, you know, there's we buy green coffee on the internet. We just buy 25, 30 pounds of it at a time, get it in, because it keeps. It keeps in essentially indefinitely. We're going to use it before it gets stale. So. Uh, the, the best thing to do is just get one of those little whirly pop things and learn how to roast it on the stovetop and always have fresh coffee. You're going to have to have a grinder, obviously, but if you give a shit about your coffee, you've already got a grinder. So uh, uh, if you're actually concerned about coffee freshness, you're not going to buy roasted coffee from anybody else but you. Okay, And it's, not, it's kind of fun to do that. You know, roasted coffee is kind of fun. You know, a little sense of accomplishment, kind of like painting your bathroom, you know. You got something actually done today. Roasted a pound of coffee. It's fun. Mowing your yard, you know, pride of accomplishment, that sort of thing. Okay. All right, here's a question. I didn't actually read this. So it says, rip, 27, 196, 511, squats 275. Ooh, he hasn't been doing this long, has he? Bench 190, not even mentioned body weight. Press 120, deadlift in 300, only 25 pounds over his squat. He doesn't power clean. Never trained before and started in December. Now he's not doing too bad. All right, my gym did not allow me to power clean. I fired up the welder at the farm shop and built myself a C-channel rack and just bolted it to the concrete in my garage this weekend. Nobody can tell me what I can and cannot do in my own fucking garage. Want to bet, Ben? <laughs> you in Chicago? 
Oh, shit. My question is, how do you train an obvious hole in your strength training? Mine being that I have not yet trained my power clean because I'm not doing the program. Well, you know, I think probably the obvious answer is that you need to... Uh, No, I can't say it. I can't say it. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't say it. <laughs> Not today. No. All right. I'm three months into my novice linear progression. I'm becoming increasingly distressed by the fact that I'm still nowhere near as strong as Chase Lindley. <laughs> Please advise as to the best way to proceed given my current predicament so that I can begin squatting seven plates as soon as possible. Well, this guy's name's Diego. Everybody notice our shirt? Hey, here's our shirt. <laughs> this is our friend Diego Sokolinski. Is that him who wrote it in? See the, see the thing? No, this wouldn't be him, no. That's Diego. That's Diego. Diego. Notice the uh, amazing consistency. He should have been a silent film star. He should have been. So Instead of a mathematician. <laughs> now he's only a mathematician. Right. All right, so I, you know, how do you get as strong as Chase Lindley? Well, you start training when you're 12, and you do everything that Rip tells you to do. You, of course, cannot ever be as strong as Chase Lindley. All right. Okay. Now, here's an interesting question. Uh, is there any evidence that proper barbell training helps to either prevent, reverse, or even slow the onset of Alzheimer's disease? I've sifted through the numerous articles on your website, pausing to read those that answered the most glaring questions involving my novice linear progression, but could I find an article on this specific topic? Perhaps I've overlooked this article. I understand that proper barbell training is, has profound effects on the central nervous system. I wonder if you've ever encountered a client with Alzheimer's. It's possible for someone with Alzheimer's to barbell train. If so, what benefits would they experience? If not, what are your thoughts on the subject? Actually, if you go to the website, uh, our friend Ina Koppel in Long Island has written a, a very nice article on this very topic. Uh, it's about uh, strength training for the memory-impaired and it goes into a lot of detail on this. Um, and she's far more qualified to, uh, to address this than I am. I've had older clients, but I have had nobody that we've actually tried to train in there that actually has uh, frank Alzheimer's disease. Um, I don't know any lifters that have ever developed Alzheimer's disease. And uh, now that, that might be an interesting data point. I don't know. All right. Um, you know, I have had some short-term memory issues myself. I don't know if that is actual, uh, actually a problem developing or just what happens to people when they get to be 64 and they've got too many things to remember all the time. And there's only so much room. Uh, I have a feeling that there's going to be some amount of short-term memory loss as you age, whether it rises to the uh, level of, of actual 
dementia pathology or not. Uh, I don't. Uh, I there is a there is a school of thought that says that dementia is a a glucose metabolism problem in the same way that type 2 diabetes is. I've heard dementia referred to, Alzheimer's disease referred to as type 3 diabetes. Uh, I don't know what the current state of thinking is on that. Um, but, you know, in, instead of me just pulling something out of my ass, I I would advise you to look that up. It may very well be that barbell training is a, is a, is a giant benefit to this population. But by the time their illness is so thoroughly advanced, it may be that they're not capable of actually using it correctly. And that would be a shame. Uh, this, this demographic tends to get placed in a rest home. And they're parked in a rest home while the rest of their family goes on about their lives. This is a practical way to deal with this. I don't like the idea of that any more than you do, but it is a, it's a practical thing because we have to work. And not all of us can function as caregivers to our elderly parents, you know, 20 hours a day. We just we don't have the, the luxury of being able to devote the time to it. So less than optimum things occur, and it's 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 just it's a tragic shame. I understand that. Uh, as we go through the starting strength franchise gym project, we're collecting a lot of data on a lot of people, and it and over time that uh, data set may answer these questions. Okay, so as they say, stay tuned. Okay, now, hi, Rip. Head meniscus surgery end of last November. I've slowly started to get back to training. wonder if you can say anything about meniscus surgery. It's squatting, deadlift. Ing. Squatting, deadlifting. Uh, all right. You had meniscus surgery last November, and five months later, you're just now getting back to training? What? Listen. Jamie is your name. You don't want to train. I mean, you're, you don't even like training or you'd already been done. I, you know, meniscus surgery, you lay off a train in five days and then you get back on it. I, no, I, I know what your doctor told you, but if you didn't have enough gumption to challenge that and find out for yourself what you could do, you don't really like to do this anyway. So, you know, man, just don't worry about it. Uh, meniscus surgery is, there, there aren't really a lot of situations other than a flap of meniscus that is mechanically locking your knee that are even advised for surgery anymore. You know, what we do know is that all of that meniscus surgery took place 30 years ago. Not the vast, vast majority of those people now have bad arthritis. So meniscus repair is uh, kind of the precursor to a knee replacement right i've got two or three tears in my meniscus on my right knee and uh you know what so do you 
So does everybody over the age of 50. You just, you know, menisci tear. That's what they do. That doesn't mean they need to be repaired. It doesn't mean there needs to be surgery. And, you know, orthopedic surgeons have come around, most of them anyway, have come around to the idea that a meniscus tear is a surgical situation. It seldom is. Very seldom. Does a, does a torn meniscus need to do anything but settle down for three or four days? You take a little, take some anti-inflammatory. It's probably going to be some water on the knee. So you wrap it, compress it, compress the water out of it, and train through it. We've all trained through these little minor knee injuries. These are normal for humans. Most people's meniscus has a tear or two in it. But if you had meniscus surgery last November, end of last November, December, January, February, so it's three and a half months now, I, you know, man, you're late. Uh, you need to, get back to, need to get back training if you want to. That's what you should do. Right now, here's another injury question. Uh, I have irreparable tears in three muscles of my left rotator cuff. I'm 74 years old. Would you recommend presses if I started with very low weight? Currently, there is considerable loss of range and stability, but not much pain. My goal is shoulder strength, but not if it could lead to a shoulder replacement. Uh, James, if if you could press uh, and it doesn't hurt, then you need to press. Uh, loss of range and stability. Loss of stability is a strength issue. Now, if you have lost enough muscle mass uh, and, you know, you got tears and you didn't mention the, the muscles. But uh, I've, I've had quite a bit of experience with this myself. I had rotator cuff repair surgery on my right shoulder here back about 2009 or 8 been a long time and uh, then last year I'd finally gotten around to where I was doing some dips I got my bench back up to 285 hurt real bad but I got it done uh, been benching, decided to quit benching, and just tired of it hurting all the time when I benched. I was doing some dips. Third dip workout. Two muscle bellies tore on the posterior. Uh, infraspinatus, muscle belly tore. And Terry's minor, muscle belly tore. Gone. Uh, and my shoulder's real unstable back there, but I can press. Doesn't hurt at all. Moves around a little bit. Got to be real, cure, real, real careful to keep it nice and volitionally tight when I press. Um, hell, I tried to do some dumbbell benches the other day. Just, it was just couldn't do it. Couldn't control dumbbell position. All over the sky. I was afraid it was going to break my teeth out, so I had to, had to put them down. But uh, so the stability, loss of stability, is a is a is a factor. And this is why dumbbell exercises are out and barbell exercises must be pursued. So uh, I have never had any problem with presses during any of these injuries at all. I use presses to rehab rotator cuff surgery. 
And we have had a lot of people use the, the shoulder rehab protocol that is on video on this website. And uh, a lot of people have had very good luck with it. And uh, I would suggest that perhaps uh, that might be a good place for you to start. If you are really having a lot of trouble with it now, you might want to just start with that rehab protocol and go through that and see how it works. Okay. Mr. Mark, it says. Oh, you know, girls call me that sometimes. Uh, I've been following your instructions mostly for about two years and seen fabulous results. Gained 45 pounds of body weight, increased my lift significantly. I've been undergoing an online coaching for about a year and see that the next day written feedback is not as useful to me anymore. Also, for the programming, I have the practical training book. <laughs> he means practical programming for strength training. So does anyone actually need online coaching to make progress, or could someone just apply some proven templates with periodic posting form checks to make good lifting life? To Form checks make good lifting life. Maybe uh, this is not his first language ah the name indicates foreign residency all right that's not racism that's only xenophobia right i wish to meet you one day on your starting strength seminar i love the way you say things just like they are ha. well my friend no you don't need online coaching all the people that are doing online coaching are going to get mad at me for saying this, but if you're not getting anything out of the next day forum reviews, your squats are being performed efficiently, you know how to squat, or sometime, look, people outgrow this. Believe it or not, they outgrow this. It may be that your online coach doesn't want you to understand that you've outgrown it, but uh, it may be that you have. And if you understand how to program, having read the book and have had enough personal experience with the effects of various types of programs, I think it's, you know, maybe time for you to grow up and uh, concentrate on coaching yourself and coaching other people. See, now here's another, this is going to upset a lot of people when I say this. Uh, it has been fashionable for the past two or three years for starting strength coaches to hire a coach for themselves. Look, kids, y'all know how to coach. If you don't know how to coach yourself, you know, how are you charging other people for the service? Can you coach or not? If you know how to coach yourself, learn how. Okay. Well, I don't see how, why a starting strength coach needs to hire a coach, especially not another starting strength coach. Uh, if, you're, if you're charging for your services as a coach, uh, I, would, I would be suspect of your uh, ability if you're charging, if you're paying someone else for the same service. Well, that's going to piss a bunch of people off. All right. 
I recently had to reset liner progression and have scaled my starting point pretty far back. Second workout's going fine. Finished my squats and bench on my last warm-up on the deadlift when I felt a small pop in my abdominal area, right below my rib cage on my left side, bottom of my rib cage. Now, this did not hurt at all, but it was a noticeable feeling I've never had before. I finished my set and the rest of the workout. Next day, I was a bit sore in the area, and it's since gotten more sensitive to the touch. And whenever I do something that makes those muscles contract, I'm very curious as to what happened. Well, I'll tell you probably what happened. You probably disrupted a coastal cartilage. This whole arch of ribs down here is held together proximally with cartilage. The, the bone, well, just look, in the, look on, the, on the web and, and look at a picture of the skeleton. You'll see that, that a, there's a prominent cartilage component of the rib cage anterior. Uh, you could have very easily disrupted the position of one of those cartilages. They heal very quickly, happens all the time. Don't worry about it. If you're, if you're uncomfortable when you train, this is a good time to put a knee wrap to use. Uh, you can take a knee wrap if you're big enough, you need to tie two together and just wrap your ribs with a knee wrap before you pull or squat. It'll help support that thing while it's healing. But this takes a couple of weeks. It'll be fine in a couple of weeks. It's a common injury. Okay. And here's another injury type question. Hi, Rip. I was recently diagnosed with shoulder osteoarthritis based on x-rays and MRI. 56, an avid rock climber for over 30 years. It's possibly related to this. People say avid when they mean they do it all the time, I guess. Avid have something to do with frequency. Avid, they do it a lot. Doesn't necessarily mean they're any good. It just means they want to. They like to do it. In fact, I think they avid, go do it all the time. Yeah, it's probably a good point. If you're avid rock climber, you're probably paying somebody for their help, I guess, right? You're avid. All right. So uh, he had a cortisone shot. Has not provided any relief. Well, of course not. I don't know why they still do those. That's just dumb. And, well, because they can charge for it. That's why. And doctor has suggested PRP injections as a possible next step in pain management. He also suggested I not do any overhead pressing. Standard deal. All, right? <clears throat> all the standard fucking bullshit. Boy, I tell you, that's the that's the whole litany of all the standard doctor bullshit about shoulders. Don't press. Oh God, no! You'll you'll shot. impinge. Here, take this shot. If this shot doesn't work, we got another shot that might work. And it never does. Uh, Platelet-rich plasma, prolotherapy, all that stuff. I, I, I don't remember talking to anybody that that any of that ever worked for. Do you? Well, it works for a little bit. Then works for a while. Six months later, there. That, that's but, why they, you go and get the shot twice a year or every quarter. Just to stave off the Until surgery. Tears, right. Right. Well, if you look, if you've got shoulder osteoarthritis, you have bony overgrowth in your shoulder, okay? Uh, you're only 56, you know. Uh, what else is wrong in the shoulder? 
if you've got an intact uh, rotator cuff, you didn't mention anything about a rotator cuff tear. I think that there is probably a very good case to be made for you to go in and have the surgery that is necessary to clean up the osteophytes. And osteophytes are the bony overgrowth things that hang down and get in the way of the tendon. And if left there and allowed to continue to grow, you're going to tear one one of these days. You're going to tear your rotator cuff. You're going to tear it. You're going to move on a rock and get jerked out of position and have to catch your whole weight, and it's going to punch a hole through your rotator cuff. And then your problems start. In a situation like this, if I were you, I would find a, a surgeon that you trust, and I would have um, get an MRI and let him tell you if he thinks he can go in there and trim that thing off. This is usually called a Mumford procedure, where they, they cut the osteophyte that's probably growing off of the bottom of your clavicle before it punches a hole in the rotator cuff tendon. I think this is certainly worth doing because you don't want to let that cuff tendon tear if you can help it. Uh, when that is, when that tears and they have to fix it, that's painful. I mean, it, it hurts real bad, real bad. That's about, the most exquisite pain I've ever felt. It's 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 quite a deal. For about three weeks, it's quite a deal. And if you can keep that from happening, then you need to. Okay? But, all the, you know, look, if you need a cortisone shot, that's just staving off the operation. Just go ahead and get it over with. There's no point letting them go in there and poke around and possibly fuck something up with their injection. Just go ahead and get surgery done. Okay. Well, pile's gone. Uh, I guess we'll let you go. I hope everybody stays okay during these trying times. All right? Be careful. Don't get sick. Don't let people cough on you. Don't cough on other people. Uh you should have been prepared for this. It's been coming for a while. Uh, if you weren't prepared for it, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have more problems now than you would have had you been prepared for it. Uh, but use good judgment. Don't let people push you around. You're still a free person. Act like it. Be safe. Talk to you next week. <laughs>